when we started, we yeah, uh, the pacers were amazing, they were super constant. Um, and I had one until 25, and the other one dropped out at 32. And at just before the second pacer dropped out, I overtook a woman. And she was in third place position at that time. So I overtook her and then the pacer, he, he dropped out. So I, it gave me an extra boost, <laughs> sort of like, oh, I'm in podium position at the moment. And yeah. then I just thought, yeah, now it's yeah, go time. So I sped up uh, a little bit. Hey runners, how is it going? Welcome back to Running Long, the podcast brought to you by Vert Run. I'm Francesco, your host, and I hope that your training is going well, that you've set some ambitious goals for this year, whether it's a race or a personal goal. I always think that the most important thing is to have something that gets you a little fired up so that you can, you know, have more motivation to train and uh, excitement to get outside. So uh, looking forward to a summer of racing and adventures from my side. Things are finally turning in the right directions and I'm now training full-time after a long, long period of injury. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. But that is enough from my side because I want to leave all the spotlights to our great guest today. She is a tremendous athlete and a wonderful person that I hope you're already a little familiar with because um, we mentioned her several times on this podcast. But if not, this is the whole point of this episode, to get to know her a little better and possibly understand how she's been so successful on any surface available, as you know, I like to say. Our guest for today's show is Ninke Brinkman from Netherlands, a Nike Trail athlete second fastest time ever at Cerzinal, record holder of the Zermatt Marathon, second of the Golden Trail World Series last year, winner of the Golden Trail World Series stages of Qingao Trail Run and Skyrun, and with a fresh two hour, 22 minutes, 51 road marathon PR from the 2022 Rotterdam Marathon. Welcome to the show, Nienke. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am super excited uh, also because you're, you know, my teammate and we kind of hang out a lot last year at races and uh, in the week, you know, Hero for the Golden Tour Series final. And it was super cool to get to know you a little better. But uh, first I want to start, how are you doing? How is the recovery after Rotterdam? Uh, I'm doing good. I think my recovery was quite okay. I took uh, quite some weeks I think two weeks um really sort of chill um and now then afterwards I started to to put in some some intensity again uh so physically I think I recovered really well mentally it always takes a little bit longer for me like uh, as in don't feel like pushing at the moment but it's getting better and better so I think it's like uh okay recovery yeah, which is, of course, very reasonable. And uh, 
Last year, I found it really hard to recover from the marathon that I did in the spring before the trail season. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's all normal. And uh, I hope you get back the nice feelings again on the trails. Um, cool. We'll, of course, talk about the Rotterdam Marathon, where you had a, you know, a huge performance there in a while. Uh, but first, I want to ask you for our listeners who is Ninka Brinkman where are you what are you doing where do you live what do you do for a living besides running um so I live in Switzerland in Zurich but I am from from the Netherlands um because uh, I moved to Switzerland to work on my PhD in geophysics uh and at the moment I'm in my final year uh So trying to finish my PhD. Um, and I think uh, running was, I, I'm always a sports person. Uh, during my entire life, I played field hockey. And when I moved to Switzerland, uh, I, I stopped that and just started running for fun, um, you know, to stay fit, sort of. <laughs> and then with COVID, when COVID uh, arrived, uh, I just went a lot more running and then yeah all of a sudden I'm here <laughs> professional <laughs> runner now uh, which is still kind of strange to me but I'm really happy about this change yeah of course you make it sound so easy but it's actually not uh you no first... no I okay it's, it's, uh, it's not that uh, I didn't have to do anything for it because I, I did work a lot for it um yeah. But it, it didn't start uh, with the idea of becoming a professional runner. Of course. Yeah, that's cool. When did you move to Switzerland? Uh, I think now three and a half years ago, three years ago. So um, it's like since you started your PhD? Yeah, before I came also for the master's for okay. a semester. But then I moved again because it was like a joint master's program where you have to move every half a year. Okay. Um, so I knew Zurich already before I came with, for the PhD. Okay. And how is, how is Zurich to, you know, for trail running, for training? I think it's, it's a pretty nice city with uh, lots of yeah, hills yeah. around and lots of sports facilities and nice trails in the surroundings. So I think it must be pretty yeah. cool, right? Yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's not mountains, it's more hills, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but it's not it's quite a quite good hill so Zurich is really in between two yeah sort of two hills um, and on those hills you can really find nice trails to train on uh, of course the technical parts I think then I should uh, should go to the mountains to train some really technical parts but you can do uh, in Zurich itself you can do a lot of good uphill training yeah Sometimes, sometimes you need to repeat the hill a few times, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's uh, your story is very similar to, kind of similar to mine. Part of it is because like I, I also studied physics, so we have a similar university background. Uh, I graduated in 2017. I didn't do my PhD. I stopped with the master's degree, but, uh, you know, we have a strong scientific background that kind of makes us similar <laughs> and also because like my training doesn't look like the typical trail runner training um 
with you know lots of uphill training mountains and like going to the trails every day it's also like a lot of speed work track and road stuff which is probably something that you also do in Zurich part of part of it is for necessity part of it is because you enjoy it and you find it that it works for you and uh, of course it's necessary to train for a marathon but uh, yeah we'll get into that pretty soon um i want to start like basically you came into the sport of trail running in 2021 i think because that's where the world uh first noticed about you it was summer of 2021 uh you set the record at zermatt marathon i think it was the first breakthrough of your running career and you closed 2021 with uh, you know a huge year you were second in the golden Trail series final and in the golden Trail series uh general ranking uh you won you know big races you also did your debut in the um, in the marathon in valencia so it was a huge year and for me you were like the rookie of the year the the rising star of the sport for for me and i think also for many of our fans so can you bring us through your 2022 season uh, sorry 2021 season and how you planned it like how it felt to you so maybe we can share some stories and anecdotes later yeah. um i uh 2021 started in in February where I decided to 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 get a coach. Um, so from February 2021, I I was working with uh, Benjamin uh, Ben I call him. Um, and actually, since then everything changed. So uh, I think I have a lot to, to thank to him, if not all, <laughs> because so Ben, uh, so ben is your current coach, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we started working together in February, and then um, I wanted to do a, a road marathon, um, and I was so I was training mainly like for for marathon uh, on the road, and uh, I wanted to at some point it uh, the trainings went really well, and we wanted to even try to do, um, you know, run the limit for the Olympics because it was still possible uh, at that time. Uh, and then the week before this marathon took place, I injured myself. Uh, so I couldn't run the race and couldn't, uh, you know, qualify. Um, and then I didn't have, at that moment, I didn't have a goal, another goal, but um, I still had the ticket left for the Sermat marathon. Mm -hmm. uh, so then we decided, okay, you know what? Um, to, to, to trade for something you we, we, we switch a bit to uphill running and when you run this Zermatt marathon because it was also not cancelled there are still a lot of races were cancelled in that time also of so course. then we did yeah for Zermatt we went for a Zermatt marathon and then yeah I think this 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 race it went super well I, I was first and um, yeah I broke also the record there and I think one of the organizers from Cherezinal, he was running himself and yeah. he came to me afterwards. Uh, and he he asked me, so a uh, nice nice run, uh, do you want to come to Cherezinal? And I had to think about it. And then 
I thought, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, it was really a bit like this. And so uh, you have one month between the Zermatt Marathon and Cherzinal. Um, and then uh, trail training was really the main focus. So I had to learn a lot of things because I, I was really not used to running on these trails. Um, and I think Stermat Marathon is also not really a trail race. It's more like a, just an uphill, but following uh, quite a big path. So it's not yeah. you know very technical. And uh, yeah, so then when I finished second in Jarezinal, uh, I was asked uh, if I want to continue and finish the Golden Trail Series. <laughs> and uh, at that time, I thought I want to run uh, the national uh, championships for the marathon on the road in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. uh, that would have been in October. So I, again, I was a little bit uh, doubting, like, uh, if I don't do this um, Amsterdam marathon, uh, so I go for the Golden Trail Series, I still don't have my, you know, my road marathon. Uh, but in the end, I wanted to go for the Golden Trail Series, and I finished it. And then, because I still wanted to do my... I wrote marathon because I was always talking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, cho I chose to also do after the Golden Trail, um, a road marathon. Yeah. So like the whole idea behind 2021 was like doing the road marathon and then you got to do it at the end of the year. Yeah. Like literally <laughs> the last month. <laughs> That's yeah, and, and crazy. And it was really, yeah, all the time we had to decide, me and my coach, we really had to decide like, do we want to race this race and blah, blah. It was, so it was a bit hectic. And we said also for this year, we're going to make the schedule and we're not going to freestyle like you did last week, last year. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which was the first marathon that you were going to do in the beginning of 2021? Then like when you uh, got injured? It was a belt in belt, but they organized um, sort of a qualifying marathon race. Uh, so that's close to Bern in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it was, it was like a specific race for people that wanted to qualify. And I had a spot and it was, I was really excited, but then I got yeah. like an uh, inflammation in the ankle. Yeah, because at the time there was there were not very many races available for, because of COVID, of course. So, like all the big marathons were canceled from the calendar, and also I had to run ar around an airport for eight times last year. <laughs> it was the the COVID edition of uh, the spring marathon season, <laughs> and it was a yeah. crazy experience, which of course I'm gonna remember for a while, but. Uh, was definitely very demanding and without public, without all the atmosphere that the marathons have. And of course, this year yeah. in, uh, in Rotterdam is, was very different, but yeah, we will yeah, talk and about in your it. case, you also had uh, bad weather, right? So then it's even... I also had bad weathers, yeah, when, uh, when I ran my marathon. So yeah, I was actually looking forward to, to do another one this spring but then i of course i got injured and it was not possible yeah. so it's still on my bucket list to run a big uh, city marathon sometime because i want to yeah. I, I i mean i love the trails but i kind of want to see how far how fast i can get on the roads as well which is something that probably excites you as, as much as i do yeah <laughs> and um what do you think about the 
overall Golden Tour Series experience? Like, what did you think about the circuit and the races? Uh, yeah, it was really cool. I uh, I like it that you sort of have can pick from uh, very, uh, from six races. You have to do three mm -hmm. to at least make it to the final. Um, and I like that actually that there's not only you know one race, but that you can. It's like really a yeah, like a, a series. Um, and for me, it was so nice that you can ra uh, race at different places and see different environments because that's also part of the um, of the trail running that you just have a very um, um, uh, that you experience how 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 the nature is and stuff like this. So it would be kind of sad if it was only in one country or something like this. Uh, so that's I, I yeah. Uh, it was all very new for me, but I really liked it. Yeah. And uh, how did you find like the technicalities of the course uh, in some races? Yeah, uh, difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm just not very good with, um, with very rocky um, downhills, for example. I find it super difficult. I, I have to practice this. Because uh, I, I just I'm not used to it, so um, yeah, the, those kind of things I, I learned that it is uh, necessary to, to train. But there are also parts in the race where it's more runnable and you can really use your speed. And then with the climbing, it's just uh, yeah, pushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely what I think. Like it's there is always a way to, you know. Mm, use your strength in a race even if you're not like super good on technical parts a race is never going to be like all super technical so i mean i mean there is always going to be a way to use your strength where it's runnable or where it's uphill which is basically a matter of strength and endurance so i i like this uh this type of approach that you have because i think like for someone who's coming like who's new to the sport is is not easy at all to perform so well uh, and like you know come to Zermatt do the record come to Serzina be the second place behind Maud uh, break the record at Skyrun it's all new it's all like something that people have been doing for a lot of years a lot of good athletes have already run these races so again you make it sound super easy but it's is actually mind-blowing <laughs> from my perspective. Yeah, but it, it's it's also not that, uh, you know, I it's also, yeah, that I, I trained, of course, a lot for it. Um, but, yeah, maybe it also was was nice that I I wasn't aware of, you know, that, that things that I did that were, um, that, that's not so um, um, common. Because I just did what I, what, what I thought was was just me doing a race, and of I course. didn't think so much about uh, or this record or yeah I don't know. You just uh, tried your best. It was, yeah. also, it was also free running in my mind, which was nice. Yeah, totally. What's your fondest memory from El Hierro? My funnest, funniest, or what? Oh yeah, the the best memory, the yeah, also the oh, funniest the memory. memory. 
Aliero, the race itself was really hard. Uh, but what I really like, what you mentioned also, is that uh, you had so we had because we had so long with uh, at the island that that we had so good contact with all the athletes. Um, all the teams also were like it was like one big group, and yeah. this was really cool. I think to really meet meet them and getting to know all of them um, better, and especially if you spend some time together, uh, like a few days, you you get to know the people really well. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a really cool experience because we stayed together and can got to know each other and you know share views, experiences, and things together, uh, which is probably something that doesn't happen very often. So I was super grateful for the uh, the chance that we had with this uh, Golden Tour Series final, and uh, thanks to to the organization of the Golden Tour Series, of course. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, so it's not uh, separate teams uh, having, you know, yeah. their own. Yeah, you really get a time. taste of uh, of the community of trail running and yeah. different teams and different people. Super cool. Yeah. And then you started training for the Valencia Marathon. Uh, I remember I was yeah. really nervous after El Hierro because I was super tired after the season and I couldn't understand how you still had the energy to train for a road marathon. So I was like, sending you what's up, telling you like, hey, Nink, how are you doing? Uh, don't forget to rest and don't overdo because I think you really have a good shape after all you've done this year, but make sure you don't train too hard because then the marathon is going to get difficult. And I was like seeing all your Strava sessions that you were doing. I was like, dang, that's like pretty mind blowing. And I hope she's okay. And I was just hoping that things would go well for you. And then in your marathon debut, you ran 226.34, which is basically the Olympic standard by three minutes. And in my mind, it's one of the fastest time ever by a trail runner on the road. And the crazy thing is that you also improved this time by almost four minutes this year. But we will talk about this later. Uh, so how was your experience in Valencia? How was your marathon debut? Because I remember my marathon uh, debut in New York in 2017, where I placed 19th place and I ran two hour 25. And to these days, it remains one of the best memories uh, of the sport for me. So how, just how was Valencia? Yeah, it was, it was really cool. I mean, I finally got to do my road race. <laughs> um, yeah, and I went there with a friend and, and my coach and my coach was like uh, pacing me. Um, okay, so your coach also, runs with you. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Also in training? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do training oh, cool. together. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, uh, yeah, we did the race together. It was, it was so nice and it was like uh, everything went perfect. Sort of what we said, we, we, we made like a plan before the start and then um, we, we started out faster than we wanted but we discussed during the race like after five kilometer okay we know we are at a much faster pace than than what we said but i i he uh, my coach also said uh, you look you look fine i i can i can tell and if you want we can we can try it like this 
And uh, I, I guess he could really see, and I could also really feel that I was just feeling very good at that day. Um, and the trainings, they they have been super smooth um, after mm -hmm. Aliero. Of course, I only had five weeks, so the block needed to be sort of perfect. And it was, uh, the training block was really good. So I also had a lot of confidence, I think, yeah. Yeah. What was your original goal for Valencia? Um, I wanted to do sub 230. Just that was just the goal. Uh, mainly then I could uh, qualify for the European Championships. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, yeah, it, it was sub 230. So the, the goal is, uh, was reached, but I didn't expect with so many, uh, such a gap. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, that to me was uh, mind blowing, like a really huge performance. And um, I think, I mean, you told me that that time in Valencia also um, like kind of attracted the interest of uh, NN running team, which is like the best distant running team in the world because you were like approached by a manager of NN in, uh, in Valencia, right? How did that story go? Oh, uh, that was it was quite funny because I was still off just after the race. I think within the, yeah a few hours, I got a phone call um, from one of the guys from the NN team, and uh, he asked me if I knew the NN running team, and I said yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then uh, he said. To me, he asked me, like, basically really straight, uh, directly, uh, if I would like to be part of this team. That was like sort of the second question. And I thought it was a joke because, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's a really strange question, <laughs> you know. Uh, like, do you want to be Chubbik's teammate? <laughs> yeah, it's like if you ask any runner, it's, it's sort of a strange question, as if somebody would say no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was like this, and uh, uh, of course we had to sit down afterwards. But uh, this was the phone call where where they asked me if I want to join the team, and yeah, of course I was really happy. But I was also in a in an in a happy phase, anyways, from the marathon. And then that phone call came, and it 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 made my day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cool. Uh, yeah. So. At the end of 2021, you signed the contract with Nike also, um, yep. which I'm really glad you did because you're now like my teammate and with NN. And then you went on training for the Rotterdam Marathon, which became like the first goal of uh, the 2022 season. And like, how did that training, how did that preparation go? Obviously, I think it went pretty well. You also did a an altitude training camp in Kenya. So, can you take us yeah. can you take us through this journey towards rather than marathon? Yeah. So, um, I think it was in uh, January that I signed with NN, and then um, there was also uh, yeah they gave me the possibility to also train in, in Kenya. And do I have, was asked. Do they by, have like uh, uh, facilities in Kenya, or yeah, they do. But uh, in Kapagat, but I stayed in Iten, 
in uh, I think I left in February and I spent four weeks there uh, for training and also um, I could work a bit uh, less so mm -hmm. I had a lot of time for training and it was really good space for focusing and then in the end uh, I had a really good block so I started my block in January already and then the race was 10 of April so yeah you have solid uh, three months of training yeah yeah yeah. And uh, was it was it hard to train in Kenya, like in in altitude? And uh, I hear that like the routes, the the terrains are really hilly and hard. How was it? Yeah, um, there's a lot of uh, up and down and 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 a lot of rocks, so dirt roads. Mm -hmm. um, I don't mind that so much. What you do feel is, of course, you feel the altitude really much in the beginning. And then every hill, even uh, trail, trail runners would say, if you see this hill, uh, you know, at sea level, you would say, wow, that's not really a hill. But then when you go at altitude and you see this hill and you run it, uh, it feels like a massive mountain. So you also, it, it's, it's, uh, it feels different. Uh, the, the, uh, even though it's not so much of elevation in the runs, it feels like a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but I personally didn't mind it too much. I think it cannot hurt at all. Yeah, uh, I think it's actually quite good. And also the dirt roads, you know, you work um, indirectly. You work also on your balance. And yeah, I think I think uh, it's uh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And maybe it was also because you were used to, you know, yeah, trail maybe, running. Uh, yeah, and uh, that probably helps you compared to a normal marathon runner who is just used to, used to train all the time on the roads and the flat. So maybe the fact yeah. that you're used to big hills, big mountains, like, I don't know, in Sergenal, that, of course, is a, is a big advantage compared to someone who doesn't have that type of experience and uh, flexibility. That's cool. Uh, can you share us? Can you share with us some data about maybe your weekly mileage or like key workouts that uh, you did while in Kenya and then in Zurich when you were back? Yeah, I think uh, in Kenya. So when I moved, or when I moved, when I well, yeah, when I went there, I, the first ten days. I, um, I took it very easy, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, so especially the first days was really easy. Then at some point I made the move to, to, to just increase some, some, some mileage, but not yet intensity. And then after 10 days, I started with more intensity stuff. And then I think uh, if we talk about mileage, I only know, yeah, so around, I was around 180 kilometers per week. With doubles? Um, yes, yes, with doubles. How many per week? Double runs? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, I think a lot. Like I, almost I every day? At least five. Yeah, yeah. And, but sometimes it's just uh, like a shakeout. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, very after after the workout, just, yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, I think almost every day two two times running um which is so nice if you have 
so much time because then then you really have the time to, to go two times yeah out yeah and you have the time uh, to rest uh, in between which is really important yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. of course i think you need me that really if it's so uh intense yeah um, but then when i came back to um to zurich i think the first week i took it uh, quite easy um just also you hear a lot that people have this dip altitude dip you know mm -hmm. um, that i didn't know how i would react but uh, as a pre precaution we we just took it quite easy and then i think the week after actually so i arrived in in the weekend and the weekend uh, afterwards i did sort of a test race mm -hmm. so seven days after i arrived i did the half marathon uh, to test my performance uh, i think that was key sort of to 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 get um, some knowledge about how you're doing uh, but also key sessions i think it's really for the long stuff uh, the long extensive interval uh, stuff uh, so longer intervals uh, as in four times six kilometer or something like mm -hmm. that. yeah like yeah. the the classic big marathon workouts do you enjoy these workouts yeah. oh i yeah i really <laughs> love them did you I, I, those training, yeah. did you train like where you, well you were in kenya did you train like really early in the morning with the big groups of runners that we see sometimes on you know nn social media and uh, on the internet no i didn't train um so early in the morning i trained okay. um with the dutch group so there were, were people from the netherlands uh as well and it was really nice to train with them and they also didn't want to train super early in the morning which i was also quite happy about <laughs> uh, but you you train uh one time in the morning it really depends on what time because you have quite the whole day but if you have another training in the afternoon you try to keep it a bit in the earlier morning yeah of so course there's enough time in between yeah of course you like to to recover better in between the two sessions nice super interesting i want to ask you this uh this curiosity from my side like how do you handle when like when you have a difficulty or like when a workout doesn't go the way you expect or when a run feels harder than what you thought for example because you know a lot of athletes i think they tend to push through and uh, after a while it gets hard and uh, you really experience the fatigue of training for for a difficult race like the marathon so you have I think like you have to be really flexible and sensitive in this uh, perspective. What do you think about it? Like, how did you handle all that? All that? Yeah, I, this is a really good point, I think, because, and I think there's also quite a big um, sort of, uh, I don't know how to call this. Sometimes you don't feel like training, but if you do it, uh, you can still do it. Or sometimes you don't feel like training because your body is actually telling you you shouldn't train. Yeah. And I think there that's that's a different um, thing. Um, and uh, I found it very important to to find uh, those signs from 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 my body. 
because yeah, to, to recognize those two situations yeah. basically yeah because marathon training it just makes you tired um yeah so i th i think there is um yeah like a fine line between uh, if your body is giving you a sign or not and um i personally also think that if you if your body giving you signs and you're really tired i always think like would you rather take a day or two now or um maybe uh otherwise you were forced to take uh, four weeks off or something like this um and then i always think yeah i just take these two days very easy now so that you know i, I can do a long term no injury that's all uh, of course sometimes you cannot decide if you get an injury or not but i think it really helps if you just sometimes listen to those signs and uh, what is one day easier yeah, it doesn't matter so in this sense you have to be a bit flexible yes but on the other hand i think uh, not too flexible because key sessions they are they are really key and uh, if you just make sure that um yeah easy running is not a key session so really take it easy and prepare yourself always for for these key sessions they are coming up and that's what you live for at that time you know <laughs> yeah so yeah. It's, it's always um yeah even if i i really do my easy running really yeah chill and i i don't look at my pace and i don't try to push it any in any way yeah that's super important and it's a it's a fine balance as you said and uh it's a great ability to develop as an athlete which is not easy at all and uh no. super, super valuable for training at a high level i think but also for uh, yeah also for like recreational runners maybe who want just to enjoy themselves but of course you enjoy yourself if you improve if you see the results of your training so you have to be smart and uh, take advantage of recovery and uh, take advantage at the same time of the hard sessions that make you grow yeah and yeah you hear also um yeah sometimes you hear that uh, why would you do your run so so easy and uh, doesn't make sense why would you then do it but i think even you know building some mileage with very easy running it just makes your body aware of um or it's getting your body prepared for a lot of um yeah um load actually yeah, yeah true um where like were you able to incorporate some trail running during your your marathon training of course in kenya most of the training was on like trails and dirt roads but like when like when you're training for a marathon uh and you have to do like an easy run in between two big workouts do you use the trails do you go to the trails uh yeah i you can do that or mm -hmm. uh i sometimes do that um so yes i combine it a little bit but i wouldn't call i i I think I did really minimum in trail running for the last, uh, for the mar marathon for Rotterdam. I, I did minimum trail running, I would say, yeah. Okay, so um, like you did more for, for Valencia because like, of course, there was a big part of your preparation, which was 
uh, like kind of intersect with uh, the training for the Golden Tour Series final, I think. But then, like yeah. for for Rotterdam, it was more focused on the roads. Yeah, exactly. And I think the last five weeks for Valencia, when the trail season was over, it was also mainly road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think. Uh, I had now a very specific road face, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can call it like this. Cool. And uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the rather than marathon experience itself, like how the race unfolded, what were your expectations? Um, you also ran a negative split, which is, you know, it's pretty neat to to have a race like that. And you break, you broke uh, Lorna Kiplagat's national record of Netherlands, which is also really cool. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was actually a little bit uh, the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had two pacers, and um, we met the week before to do some training, and then we discussed uh, because trainings were going really well, and there was a possibility that I could run that time. So then I just said we, we can start like uh, at this pace to to go for this record. But I kept it a little bit secret because I didn't want to yeah, or secret. I yeah, I just didn't want to put ex- extra pressure on myself. So that I if it wouldn't have worked, I that during the race I could then adjust rather than uh, just thinking oh, but I told everybody that I would run this record or. So I think um, when we started, we yeah, uh, the pacers were amazing, super constant. Um, and I had one until 25 and the other one dropped out at 32. And at just before the second pacer dropped out, I overtook a woman and she was in third place position at that time. So I overtook her and then the pacer, he, he dropped out. So I, it gave me an extra boost. <laughs> sort of like oh i'm in podium position at the moment and yeah. then i just thought yeah now it's yeah, go time so i sped up uh, a little bit and you close really hard like I, I remember uh your like your marathon pr is on strava the the like the track from rotterdam is on strava and you close like the last three kilometers like crazy fast like 310 please yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the last kilometers, I I I didn't know that it, I did it so fast. I knew I sped up uh, or speeded up. How do you? Uh, uh, but I uh, I didn't notice it because there was so so many so many people uh, cheering for me. So I basically was carried towards the finish line. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, afterwards, I realized uh, those last uh, kilometers they were really fast. Yeah. Yeah, because it was also in your home country, so that must have been pretty cool to to break the national record in, like, probably, I think Netherlands has two big marathons, which are Amsterdam and Rotterdam, so yeah, that's, pre- that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. Have you ever met Lorna Kiplagat? No, I didn't. I haven't. Uh, I didn't meet her, but... Uh... Yeah, she sent her congratulations on Twitter. So that was really cool, yeah. Yeah, of course. And uh, how's the perception of yourself and your 
possibilities in the sport changed after this performance, um, both like in a marathon perspective and also in a trail running perspective, because I was reading an interview with that you did with Iron Far, and you said like it that it never crossed your mind to abandon the trails for the roads, and that you want to still maintain this kind of balance that has led you to good results on both terrains. So are you still of this uh, opinion, or like you want to spend more time on one side or the other? Yeah, it's a it's a good question because. Yeah, last year it turned out to go to come to go really well together, um, and I'm trying that this year as well because mm-hmm. um, I personally think that um, yeah, mentally it's it's good to change a little bit, but also physically, uh, yeah, what you say as well, you have the speed from the roads and the strength from the trails, uh, and I I like that actually, um, but yeah, I think it's. For racing, for racing, it's just very important that just before the specific road or trail race that you do a, s- a specific block and that in between you keep the bases the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a little bit um, how, I, how I see it and how I think it, it is doable. Um, yeah. So, like, <laughs> so I think this leads to the next question, which is, what are your goals for the 2022 summer? Uh, for summer? Uh, yeah, like yeah, after the marathon. To, yeah, so I go to Zegama. Uh, so this is part of the Golden Trail series. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's end of May. And then uh, afterwards, in August, uh, I will be participating in the European Championships for the road marathon. So it's a trail road. And then after the Europeans, I go uh, and finish the season in uh, trail running. Uh, so I have to do two more racing, uh, qualifying races for the Golden Trail Series. And then if I have a good position and I can go to the final, I will do the final as well. Yeah. But that uh, that would be in October, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I think the two stages that you mentioned are the two U.S. stages, right? Because yeah. with the uh, with the calendar, Sierra Zinal would not be possible with uh, the European Championship. No. No, it's no exactly. It's I would have liked to do Sierra Zinal again, but it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's going to be pretty cool. I think you will love Bike Speak because this this year is just the ascent and the trails are like super nice there. And I think Flagstaff Sky Peaks is a is a quite fast race, so it's probably a good thing for for me and you. <laughs> are you gonna go there as well? Actually, I'm hoping so. Yeah, uh, I don't think I will be able to do Tagama honestly because. Uh, like I haven't had a like a, a good buildup. Like I'm I'm running and training is going well, but to run a marathon with so much elevation and so many technicalities, it would be too soon, I think. So I prefer to wait and uh, 
probably go to Sierzinal in August, which is uh, one of my favorite races. So I will do that. And then I will do the two US stages of the Golden Tour Series to yeah, maybe qualify for the final. But there is also the World Championship in, uh, in November. So um, that's kind of disappointing for me because I will have to choose between uh, either the Golden Tour Series final or the World Championship if I qualify. But that's going to be a whole not a whole different problem. So I will think about it later. <laughs> yeah. So it's not possible to combine those two, actually. I, I don't think it's possible because uh, I think that uh, the current situation in trail running is that with so many circuits and federations and championship, the situation is just very messy and uh, there are a lot, a lot of things overlapping uh, and it's just not good for the athletes and also not very good from a marketing standpoint, I think, because uh, the level is diluted and uh, also the, you know, the investments, the sponsors, the fans are disoriented. So, yeah, I, I don't think this is a very good situation and I hope uh, this will change in the future, actually. Yeah. But it's, it's a huge topic that uh, we can maybe discuss in a different <laughs> conversation. Um, yeah. So what about your future? Like, how do you see yourself in a few years? I think that now that you've run so fast on the roads, uh, the Olympic Games are, of course, in your target. And then what else would you like to accomplish in the sport? Um, yeah, I haven't thought really big goals uh, other than the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really big goal, but that's something that I would re really like. Uh, so, uh, the, the marathon on the road for the Olympics, uh, I think that's, that's my main goal at the moment. And of course I, I see racing as trying to really improve, um, yeah, yourself always cannot, I cannot really, um, yeah, living for a sort of certain time or a certain thing. I think, uh, I, I, I don't, uh, have a good feeling about this. I just want yeah. to become better. <laughs> uh, but if I look at my future, I, I see myself as, uh, uh yeah, running as long as possible. I, I really hope I can I can really do this long and uh, I can do it smart that I that I don't um, yeah don't get a, a big injury because yeah <laughs> you, you can tell but it's just you're out for so long and it's it's really a nasty um, experience. Yeah, and it's uh, nasty and it's hard to come back. Of course, I yeah. had a bit of bad luck because it was an accident that keep, kept me away for several months. And that's, you know, it happens. It, it must be taken into account sometimes. But of course, one of the main value of a good athlete is uh, the consistency of, of his training and like be able to put uh, as many months as possible uh, one by one and uh, keep the consistency of training because that's what in the long term is going to be is going to bring the best results so 
definitely uh, stay away from injuries and uh, listen to your body and uh, take it easy when you have to take it easy and push hard when you you're supposed to push hard. And that's always the difficult thing to understand, I think, because then anyone is able to, you know, push hard and like if training was as easy as going out every day and do your your best or your hardest effort possible, then it would be really easy. But the key is like the modulation of the effort and uh, taking advantage of that is uh, is something that not a lot of people are able to master, I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also, I mean, um, still doing it as a, seeing it, why, why am I doing it? Because I really like it. It's a really, it's a big hobby. If if I if I don't like it anymore, I I, I quit. You know, it's oh yeah, simple as that. I think. <laughs> yeah. Are you planning to like be a professional athlete after you finish your PhD, or do you want to keep the balance between running and another occupation? Um. I think for at least a few months, I really want to only do running. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, especially after finishing a big project like that, um, I, I just want to uh, just not work on the side for a bit. Also see how that turns out, what it actually gives to me. And if I feel that um, it was actually okay to also com combine it with something, I would look for a part-time job. But I will yeah. not go for a full-time job where uh, it's very hard to, yeah, to to get to 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 do your trainings. And I, I think running is the priority. For sure, yeah. Unless the job is flexible, which uh, yeah, some in some cases yeah. it's possible, yeah. but then it's really hard to train at a high level. And having a either a part-time job or a full-time job is is yeah. not uh, it's not easy. And uh, yeah, I think you will probably notice the difference if you can take some time off and free some time for, for training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially also in, in Kenya, I really noticed that these, um, these recovery times during the day, it actually, it, it helps you, <laughs> it helped me. Yeah. yeah. Last questions that I wanna wanted to ask you is something that, we already mentioned a little bit, but I wanted to have your opinion. Uh, and uh, it's about the current status of our sport, because like you have a fresh perspective and you come from a different background that is not just running. So what do you think about the different directions and developments that train running is taking, both uh, from an institutional standpoint and then for the fans and for the athletes? Uh, so for trail running, uh, I, th I think if I compare it, compare it, for example, to road running, um, the things that I saw or uh, that, for example, the equality and trail running is better, actually. Um, yeah, so uh, in the Golden Trail Series, I think they do that really, really well. Um, and then also um, what I think is... Uh, yeah, so my opinion about the trail running community, I think it's just very open and very warm and um, yeah, raising 
racing with your friends like during during the race you are sort of uh, competitors but then when it comes to uh, yeah uh, afterwards you you are friends again and I but you also see this in uh, in road running I think as well but it's more uh, maybe because I, I didn't really participated yet in the competition uh, it will change probably when I do the Europeans because then it is about the ranking and not the time mm-hmm. and because in road running it's a lot about time so you race a lot by yourself but yeah. in trail running it's really com- competition always because it's it is actually only about the rank rather than about the time um which is normal because the course changes all the time. So I think it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like both parts actually. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm not really sure what you were aiming for. Uh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's fine, of course. I, I just wanted to, to have a fresh perspective from you and uh, yeah, let, so, let listener know. Well, what, surprised me is the equality how that's that's really um um good uh, in trail running compared really? to road running hmm. yeah in, in what ways for example like um tv time for mm-hmm. for men and women i think uh yeah maybe depends of course on the marathon that you watch but mainly men um yeah, New York Marathon, for example, was really nice because then they put the, the, the they split the screen of the TV and they always show men and women. And that that I, I think is the way to go. And I, I find in the Golden Trail series that that they really put a lot of effort to to make the woman the same as men. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it's like one it. of it's one of their values and priorities. So I do like that as well. Yeah, and it's 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 stuff that a lot of things are new for me and a bit surprising. Like for example, the traveling. It's uh, it's also it's a beautiful thing, but of course, uh, when you think about it, at the same time, it's also not so good, not a very good thing because uh, it's it's really not good for the environment. Um, So, but I yeah I personally just went through the races with all these oh uh thinking about the race and not yet about these these other things like uh yeah environmental stuff uh, and maybe i should actually uh, think a little bit more about this well i think the, the sport in general is trying to address these topics and there is a an awareness by a lot of people that are both like directly involved in the sport and also people who just like to go on the trails and they, they're like trail runners in their free time. And uh, I, I see that there is more awareness around these topics yeah. compared to, to other sports. And this is great. Of course, there is more that can be done, but at least someone is thinking about it. And when it's time to make decisions, uh, there are these values that that are on the table and help us like make decisions and hopefully choose the best for 
our own future and for, for the environment and for equality and uh, other things that we care about. So that's the way yeah. I, I see it. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think um, what I like, for example, is now we have the races in September in the US, but that they combine it, that there are two really US races very close, so you don't have to make two trips. Yeah. And this I really like. And I think it's also unavoidable uh, if you are at a high level sports to, yeah, you have to travel for racing. So just thinking about how to travel and indeed maybe maybe making it one trip instead of two and uh, these kind of things I I think um, yeah I think about and I also have it in in my work uh, because mm-hmm. you, you can go to conferences and it's a bit similar thing because you would like to go to conferences to network and and stuff but at the same time you have to go there uh, so you you make really decisions like do, uh, which conference you go to or which race do you go to for for you and for your for your future and then how do you go there the best but uh, you're right that they think about this uh, this already quite quite a bit yeah it, I think we always ask we always need to think in terms of like costs and benefits so like for the example of the conferences that you were saying of course in some of them it's it's good to attend them because it's your job and you get to develop relationship you get to know people and you extend your knowledge but maybe others you can for example connect remotely or decide not to do and that is kind of the same with races like trying to limit the travels and uh, maybe combine the trips so that with one intercontinental trip, you can do two races as in this year, Golden Tour Series. That is important. And it shows that there is um, someone that is thinking about that. And uh, I think the athletes will follow and we like, yeah, it's not ideal, but it's it's a start and uh, we should like move move forward and push forward in this direction yeah all right thank you it was a really nice conversation i learned a lot uh it was very nice to you know share opinions about training and uh, understand what goes on in uh, you know behind the scene of of a great athlete like you are so Thank you. Thank you for sharing this with our listeners. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And um, yeah. I think I'll see you yeah, pretty soon. Next, next month, hopefully in Chamonix for the Nike Trail Camp. And yeah. uh, if I don't come to Zagama, well, all the best. And uh, guys, make sure you follow Ninka because she's, uh, she's great. And... Uh, yeah, she will be the future of trail and also road running. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I, it was really nice to, to have this conversation. Thank you, guys. Keep running. Keep rocking the trails. Bye. Bye.